Hey everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome back everyone to the Jersey Church Podcast. It is great to be back with you in our season that has been all about uh, different types of connections throughout the pandemic and really enjoyed last week and in, in talking about uh, connecting with other students. And we thought a, a, a natural follow-up to that would be uh, connecting with, uh, with our kids. You know, it's really specifically uh, grade school kids. And so we have a uh, special guest joining us today in Heidi Wilson, who works and oversees our kids' ministry. So welcome, Heidi. And uh, we absolutely, and uh, we have uh, my co-host Matt Reed here as well. So, uh, so Reed, I'm going to kick it over to you to um, throw out the first question to Heidi as we uh, as we look at uh, a variety of different aspects in terms of uh, uh, where we've been through the pandemic, but where we're at now, and the, and then where we're uh, where we're headed in terms of uh, of families growing in their faith and specifically helping their kids do the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Heidi, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about this, just you and I, as we figured out, you know, how do we bring a kid's ministry back that was in, uh, you know, during pandemic and, uh, dealing with a lot of families. So, you know, Heidi, could you just maybe review for us, where have you seen family, the journey that families have been on, you know, this last year, um, and what it's, you know, some of the hardships, some of the things that you've seen and noticed. Um, and then maybe we can go from there on, you know, what, what are some of the questions that we think you know, could be answered? So, so what do you feel like the journey has been like for families? Well, we all know parenting is hard in any normal season. Um, for us, uh, this past year as a parent has been harder than any season we've ever been through in life. Um, whether your child's baby all the way up through um, adult child, uh, you know, you've talked to parents across the board who has had a hard time navigating you, um, how to parent during this different season. So you looked at, at the first, we're all quarantined in home and we're trying to navigate school on our own and doing things by ourselves, uh, becoming teachers, teaching our kids the right way to do math instead of the old way to do, uh, their new way to do math. <laughs> That's been my favorite. Um, but we, we've also learned um, life slowed down, life stopped, life changed. And it was a lot of change, not just for us. We have to remember our kids just went through a complete change. Um, so it's been exciting to see things kind of start opening back up. Uh, we started at the church with, um, you know, the first Sunday we opened back up, we had 19 kids and now we're up to 150, 160. So we're seeing things start to open back up, but yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, it, it, it's interesting. Right all that and uh go back to that you know i know like you said with the new math that i mean that was funny because my wife and i had to figure that out um so i with where you know with where we've come from we're transitioning into a, a new season now and uh it's almost like we have to we have to try again to figure out some things 
um, you know, the, the sense of we're transitioning back into a being together now or life is, and I'm using air quotes for everybody on the podcast that it's not a video, obviously, you know, um, back to normal. Um, what are your thoughts on like that for families as they transition out of that difficult time that they just had to figure out into, uh, you know, the next season? Yeah, when you think about things starting to open back up and we're adding new things back into our lives, how do we manage that schedule again? Um, I know personally, uh, Mike and I have said, what's the end result goal? What's our end result? Uh, is it that we want to be consumed every single night with a different activity? Or do we want to, you know, pandemic gave us some good insight as far as, okay, we can do without this. That's okay to do. So, you know, it's really a decision process for parents to make. Um, one thing I do know is our kids, majority of our kids love being with us. Um, and parents need to realize they've loved the downtime with, with the parents. And we want to make sure that doesn't go away. Uh, that you want to keep that relationship that you've built over the last year um, strong. And by doing that, you can't add in a thousand different activities and never have family time together. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do sporting events. I, for one, have one that travels, uh, travel baseball and travel basketball. And we made fun family events out of those. You know, we had a lot of downtime in the car. We had a lot of conversations. But it's also okay to say no as parents because your kids are kids and they don't know what is best for them at seven, eight years old. And it's okay. And I tell parents all the time, you're the parent. You have to be the one to make the decision. And your child will pout. They'll cry. They want to do this or that. But you have to evaluate what's best for your individual family and the season that you're in right now. And it's okay to say no. And something I like to say is maybe no for now. That doesn't mean it's no forever. You know, just introduce a little bit at a time back into your schedule. You can reevaluate um, as you do a little bit at a time. But I also know kids need things. They don't need to be stuck at home all the time. They need interaction with people. They need some extracurricular activities. You will see an abundance of kids on their devices, on their gaming devices, on their computers, isolated in their bedrooms, watching TV all the time. And you, you, know, you, you don't want that to happen. So you, there's a fine line. And you have to learn to navigate that as parents. And what's best for my family might not be best for your family. It's all on how you, you know, we have a one child right now at home because our oldest is in college. So for us, we can do multiple activities. But if you have three or four children doing three or four things, you can't do that and navigate a healthy relationship, having those family conversations at the dinner table, uh, doing meals together, you know, when you're running crazy, you can't have that relationship. And I feel like we've laid a good groundwork last year of building relationships with our families um, personally by being together. And you don't want to just say, okay, open up the door. Katie, by the door, we're all gone. Yeah. And you leave. So you have to balance that fine. Yeah. Heidi, yeah, I, oh, I really appreciated how you brought it out both aspects. And uh, I mean, we can never get around uh, the fact that it's, it takes prayer. It takes following the Holy Spirit's leading to know 
what that fine line looks like, because I imagine it's going to look different for each family, for each child. And so I really appreciate you speaking to, uh, to, to both sides of that. Now, I know when we were uh, doing some preparation for, for today's podcast, you had mentioned some things that you and Mike have uh, done to be more intentional you know, in this season, as things have opened back up, you know, like you said, you have uh, gauged, all right, what are we going to keep? What are we going to start back up? And what are we going to not do again? And, but in that, if you were to be a little bit more specific in terms of some of the intentionality that you have uh, uh, worked at uh, with, uh, with your kids, what, uh, what does that look like? Well, we are at the unique place where we have, I say 12, to me, he's still elementary, but he is a middle schooler. In my mind, he's still a child. Um, And then I have one that's getting ready to be an adult next week. Conversations, conversations, conversations is key. Um, And I think when I say conversations, you have to be intentional on talking to your kids because We've seen over and over kids just resorting to the bedrooms. We have a policy at home. We don't hang out in the bedrooms. We never have. Um, My 21-year-old, he might sleep in, but that's it. He's back. He's in the living room. We don't have TVs in the bedrooms. We don't have gaming systems in the bedrooms. Um, And that's a personal decision that we made for our family because we love conversation. We love time together. There's so many aspects of that that your kids need to see. They need to see um, you with them. They need to see you praying for them. Uh, One thing that we um, have done, we've just started recently on our way to school every morning. We listen to a six-minute daily devotional podcast. Is it my 12-year-old's favorite? No, but the last thing he hears when he gets out of the car is scripture because he's going into a world that is wide open. And if we're not gonna teach him at home, there's a whole world out there ready to suck them in. So they're like sponges, kids are like sponges. And the more we pour into them, the more they're just gonna absorb. And I have found that whether we're driving to the mall or going, sitting at the dinner table at a restaurant, the more you can introduce gospel conversations, the more you can introduce Uh, conversations on faith, um, on prayer, just finding little ways to connect on the religious aspect with your kids, because it's easy to talk baseball. It's easy to talk the game, but to talk about how as a game, it's just like in life, you know, you just relate that to their spiritual walk. You try to find every little way that you can. And I said to Zane last week, I know you feel like sometimes we just talk about Jesus all the time. And he said, I like to talk about that. You know, so it's just the normal conversation that we have. We try to turn everything back to growth spiritually. Um, And I I just can't, I can't uh, reinforce enough the importance of conversations. They want to know, they want you to know that you care about them. I'm there to be their parent, not their friend. I'll be their friend or an adult. But I also want to know what's going on in their daily life. And first thing I say, you do not, you never say when they get in the car, 
How was your day? Good. What did that, what did you do? Nothing. That's going to be the answer every time. So I try to find specific questions. Hey, what did you have for lunch today? Or who did you sit with um, when you were in science today? Or, you know, just finding different things just to make them talk. Because um, kids, when they're five, six years old, they're going to talk like crazy. By the time they get third and fourth grade, they get a little quieter as far as telling you everything that happened at school. And as they get to fifth grade, you're not getting but little minimal stuff because they're in that pre-middle school stage. So trying to be intentional of conversations and meeting them where they're at, you know, knowing I watch Dude Perfect every single night. Okay. <laughs> I watch two episodes every night. Is it my favorite? No, we've watched every episode um, from 2010 when they first started their originals to now. And we probably watch them two or three times. And I can kid you not, Zane will say, did you see that? Are you watching? Did you, you know, I'm watching. I'm right here with you. But finding ways to connect with them is key and meeting them where they are with their interests. Uh, there's a time. I'm very, as a parent, as a person, if you know me, I'm very task-oriented and I like to get things done. And even you can get in that routine of, oh, I've got to do laundry. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You know what? When you have a child that's grown and you have a child that's still a child, you realize those times are fleeting. The laundry will wait. The tasks at home will wait. I don't even clean the dishes right after dinner. I sit and watch Dude Perfect. Or, and then after he's in bed, then I clean the kitchen up. Because you're going to spend 20, 30 minutes cleaning your kitchen. That's 20, 30 minutes that you could spend with your child. Uh, very often we say, go play a video game because it's a babysitter. I couldn't tell you the last time a video game was besides my husband on his lunch break because he does <laughs> play. Um, he started that with Cody because they got into playing video games together. And, um, and then that's kind of down his de-stressor. But we just, we, we talk, we go together, we watch family movies together. That's just what we do. And I wait as those tasks will be there. The conversations and the time with your kids will not be there. Yeah, I love, Heidi, I love you just saying so many good things. I just keep saying, amen, amen, amen. And, uh, you know, what I, what I, what I love about that is it is like, there's simple things you can do. Like you're talking about the questions or having conversation. Um, and I know one of the obstacles that, that I feel that I think other parents might feel is, you know, when you work all day and you come home, you're tired and it's so easy for me to go, all right, I'm going to pick a task because a ta you know, picking the task actually doesn't take as much mental energy as it does to have a conversation, but you just have to make a decision in your mind that, okay, yes, I'm tired, but I'm always going to be tired, right? Like, like if I work hard, when I come home, I'm going to be tired. So I need to just prep myself that when I get home, I need to, I, 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 I shouldn't necessarily put my mind to a task, but put it to the, the task of talking with my boys. Um, and, and so, I mean, because that's, but I, I think we feel that. And I think with dads, especially, I see that as the out. Well, I've worked all day, you know, and I need to just sit down and take a break. It's like, look, man, take five minutes in your car before you come in, 
but then when you come in beyond, because like you just said, Heidi, you're always going to be tired, but the boys will not always be this age. They won't always be with you. And so um, I think it's a good obstacle to push through. And when you think about that, you think your kids have sat through school throughout the day. Now, a lot are still doing online school. A lot are still doing um, art, maybe a private school. Mine's in a public school. And he's been in conversations for six and a half, seven hours with the world, you know? And so I get him for two to three hours in the evening of good quality time. And I want to make sure that that's what he remembers for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that there. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, his mind is being filled from a certain place for that many hours. Now you guys have prepared him to receive that and process it, but then you, there's more processing to be done at the end of the day. And we want, like you just said, we want them to be not just being filled by people at school, but by the Lord. And they're getting that mainly from the parents. So there's nobody yeah. else is doing that. Um, and I'll, the one thing, and it's totally different for every family. And every, and that's what I try to tell parents. Don't compare yourself. You do what's best for you. For us personally, we don't do homework the first time they go up, that as soon as he walks through the door. We have down, like yesterday. First thing we did was I sat on my little chair and put balls on his tee because he likes to hit his baseball bat. We do some type of activity. Their minds are already tired from the day. So just give them a little downtime. Then we have a snack together. And then, you know, then he, um, you know, it's just there's different things that parents can do. Um, but you play such a crucial role in your child's life and in, in molding them. I just think of them as clay because we're molding them. We're pouring into them and um, hopefully we're doing that biblically and you'll see a great and beautiful creation. Now there's those circumstances that no matter how you pour into them and how you mold them, they're going to, they're going to waver. They're going to falter and there's nothing parents, you know, but that's where the prayer comes in. You teach your kids to pray. Um, you let them see you pray. I think one of the most important, the lasting memories of my childhood was that I knew my mama prayed every single day. There were so many times my dad took us to school. That was at his time. He did it. I would forget something. I would walk in my house and I could hear my mom on her knees praying in her bedroom. It was an every morning routine. Um, but dads, your kids need to hear you pray. Your kids need to hear you pray. They need to see you submit to the Father. And I think that's really important to not just God give them a good night's rest, let them sleep good tonight, or thank you for this food and the hands that prepared it. You know, they need to see you pouring into to them in prayer. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, I think as we were talking about before, you know, obviously the, the intent behind this particular episode is connecting with your kids. Uh, but you brought up a great point uh, earlier. Uh, and that was the, the fact that, uh, yeah, we realized that our sum total of our attention can't be on that, can't be on them 24 seven, you know, and it really takes, um, giving ourselves to uh to our spouse as well to make sure that our marriage stays healthy so that uh that we are in a position to pour in our kids so 
Uh, if you could speak a little bit to how, um, how you and Mike have um, really worked at being intentional, uh, first and foremost with your marriage, and then out of the abundance of that, you have plenty left over for, uh, for your kids as well. Yeah, um, I'm extremely passionate at teaching young parents the importance of your relationship with your spouses first. First and foremost, your kids put, you have to give it a lot of time and a lot of energy to your kids. But if your relationship with your spouse is not top priority under God, then you're going to fail miserably. So uh, we are big daters. Uh, we date weekly, whether it's a breakfast date, lunch date. Uh, I um, sometimes I'm super tired at night from working full time, running Zane in practice or whatever. But we will have movie date nights after he's gone to bed if we, you know, just intentionally. There's been times through the pandemic that we couldn't go out. So the boys knew they stayed upstairs and we had date night downstairs. They are uninterrupted where we get to have some time together. Um, but you have to, we never, we really go to bed at the same time. Very, very seldom is it different time. And when we lay in bed, that's our time to talk. We recap on things of the day. Um, and we have a ton of conversations, but we have a weekly date, uh, sometimes two or three dates a week, whether it's quick lunch bite or I'll go home for lunch and we sit at the kitchen table and that's our lunch date for the day. Um, and it is so important. It's not only important for your relationship, but it's important for your children to see that. They need to see the priority that you have on marriage because that's gonna mold how they view marriage. And I had something happen with, with my oldest where he, he said, I won't go into specifics, but I had to say no, because that's not the kind of relationship you and dad have. And I want what you and dad have. And when they see that and they, um, they will mirror that. So you've got to be intentional on being together and finding time to be together. Sometimes you're tired. You really are. Sometimes you don't feel like it or sometimes things just, you'll get a movie started and you hear the baby crying or the child come out thirsty, I'm hungry. And you know, there's just, you have to just make it work, um, top priority. Um, and that it, it does work and it will work. You know, one, one smaller way that uh, my wife and I have found is, so when I, when I get home, you know, the boys wanna play. So my wife's a stay-at-home mom, so she's with them more, much more than I am. So when I get home, the boys want to play. And I realized that, you know, you're, you're gearing up for the, the fun. And um, one thing that's that's helped me is I walk in, they start jumping. We want to play, we play. I look at them and say, look, give your mom and I five minutes to talk. And then I send them out, you know, outside off to play. And I go, okay, Mary, how are you doing? You know, we have this. And it really, it usually ends up stretching to 10. One, because I enjoy talking to my wife, you know, um, but you know, it's that same thing that you were talking about, Heidi. It kind of shows the boys, look, I'm home, yes, but your mom needs me and I need her for a few moments. And then and then you are my you are next. Like, like I'm not gonna go off and do more work. I'm not gonna say well, you guys are next, but just give me five minutes. Um That's really important. I was a stay-at-home mom for almost 15 years, and you can be consumed with every aspect of the life from you don't feel like you have any time off 
And so for dad to come in, send the kids out and have that interaction together for a few minutes and then basically take the kids off your hands for a few minutes, you know, so you can get dinner ready and you've not had a break through the day. I remember those early years when um, I would turn around and Zane stuffing the toilet seat covers all in the toilet and stopping them. I remember <laughs> plugging our central back because we had central back in our house in Virginia and there's matchbox cars stuffed in every corner. And you can just, at the time it was overwhelming because it was like everything you did. Now I look back and I giggle because that was just part of life. That was part of the season we're in. And those seasons will leave. They will change. And then you'll say, oh, I wish they were little again. Yeah, yeah. It's good. What I like about that, what both of you just said there is, in essence, you're really modeling that hierarchy that, that, uh, that Heidi spoke about. I mean, obviously the Lord first. You know, then our spouse and our marriages, uh, and then our kids, and and in that order, you just described how you're uh, you're really showing what that order looks like uh, in the day to day schedules. And I think it's okay. Um, I personally, my my boys know that they are loved. They have never once felt unloved. They know that they are uh, high on my priority list, but they also know they're not my top priority. Mm -hmm. They know that my relationship with our Heavenly Father is first, and then my relationship with their earth is above. And so many kids, and that's part of what we, we are seeing in today's society, they want to be first. They want to be this. And we're not modeling that at home, so they think they're the most important. And um, we want them to feel loved, and feel, but you can do both ways. You can model the way that you're supposed to biblically, and they still have that, they feel loved at home. Excellent. So any, uh, any, you know, we're nearing the end here, any closing thought or final comment or, and, and Reed, I'll throw this to you if you had a uh, uh, closing question that you had top of mind, but anything that you'd like to, to leave the audience with today? Uh, closing question. Um, man, I just think we've, we've covered it all really well. Now, this is one where I think the audio has been a little bit choppier than normal. And so if maybe something we said didn't make sense, you need to just come to Jersey and talk to Heidi face to face. So just do that. Um, and you'll get much more info than what we could even give here. So um, I will say too, as Heidi was talking, two resources came to mind. One is called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. Um, and it basically lays out a parenting strategy and, and Heidi used different words, but the same concepts, um, you know, and throughout and then, um, but it's a really good resource. And another one's called, it's not too late. That one is more focused on middle school, high school parents, but I think a lot of it does help us as parents of younger kids to go, okay, how do I set my kids up well for the future? You know, when they're, when they're teens. So just two resources that I thought of as we were, as we were talking. So things to remember just lasting we've been in a world of social media and virtual everything and so we have found comparing ourselves to other parents to other families more and more i think um, parents see this and see this and want to compare and you've got to you've got to stop parent uh, comparing your parenting skills you've got to stop comparing your kid because all kids are different. All kids um, learn differently. They Their academics are different. I've heard so many say, we're falling behind this year where your kids are going to be okay. Everybody's in the same boat this year. 
it's one year and that one year is not going to determine the end result that they have. So if I can encourage parents to do anything, don't compare yourself to how somebody else is doing their parenting skills. Learn from some of the things and take some of those techniques, but don't compare yourself. Moms are bad to do that. They want to compare because they want to do this meal and this. They don't feel like they're doing it exactly how so-and-so should. And you've heard the old saying, keeping up with the Joneses. Don't try to do that. Do what's best for your family and don't compare it to how so-and-so does it in their house. Very well said. All right. I think uh, that's an excellent stopping point right there. So, uh, Heidi, this has been a blessing to have you on. Uh, I've taken some notes myself. And, uh, I mean, like Matt said, I mean, there's just plenty that you have uh, that you have filled this episode with that parents can take away. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me.